right, everyone. So a bit of a treat for you today. I um, I've been doing so many podcasts, and I feel so blessed for that. Um, because in these times of lockdown, as we would say, I'm I'm getting to reconnect with so many old friends and and journeymen and women. So I'm here today with uh, Paul Clark, who we're gonna of your many mm. non-titles, we're gonna call you um an author, gardener, and house builder for now. How does that sound? <laughs> for now um and uh oh god you and i've known each other for many years and danced in and out of each other's existence haven't we um not just in the human realm <laughs> in the yeah. more than human natural realm too <laughs> yeah yeah i loved that first meeting it was really funny because we'd arranged to meet but i had no idea who you were and what you looked like <laughs> and and i had all those australian school principals with me and we'd I wandered around it. for a while and then there was this woman coming with, a, with another woman and a pram, remember? <laughs> and, and and I thought, well, I'm going to have to ask somebody where, where where I'm meant to meet Jen. And sure enough, it was you. It was just so serendipitous. Synchronicity. Like, oh, okay. I know. Well, And you were, of course, there with all these wonderful Australian elders in Avebury, in, in the wonderful place yeah. that I'm blessed to live. And um, I do remember vaguely everybody helping us manhandle the pram of my little nephew right, over, so the over the gate. <laughs> exactly so yes that is how we first met with a wonderful group of elders in a stone circle yeah. what's not to love about that that's right that was pretty crazy that trip we went to all the different stone circles it was it was meant to be an educational tour for they, they all worked in some form of you know education for indigenous communities around yeah. mostly northern territory and uh, yeah, we, we did some good stuff that trip. We did. We did. It was a, such a wonderful pleasure to have you all and, and us all explore a very different way of experiencing the Stone Circle. And I think this for me is where we were just having a good old catch up, weren't we, before we started recording. But this is for me where I think we've always crossed over in this sense. And we were just talking about it, which is in our writing, uh, in our teaching, in our explorations as, as two human beings, um, the human is just one small fragment of this, isn't it? So what I loved about that afternoon and what I love about your work is the acknowledgement that we are one node in a vast ecosystem and actually how do we how do we listen to the more than human the natural world of which we're a part an integral part but um humbly approaching that world in a very different way yeah and i think it's really poignant at the moment i think it's sort of acutely something that perhaps we just have time for it in our daily lives but it seems to me it's a little bit more than that. It's actually become part of a, an energy that we can attend to collectively, not just on our own, but lots of people seem to be talking about the same sort of vibrations going on around that are much, much more than just, oh, isn't nature incredible? Right. Look at it as a sort of consumer. It's actually starting to get under the skin of that. Actually, we've had the time to watch a season change. We've had the opportunity to finish on a frost and move into the early early summer and yeah. see the color change in the greens and the reds and the browns and the blues of, of the plants and that then i don't know it, it's, it's, it's just the poetry of it is so acutely possible to connect to then but but 
more often than not, I think we just simply don't give it enough attention because we're too busy or preoccupied with our own stuff. Yeah. And yeah, that's been that's been part of the joy of the recent few months, I suppose. I mean, I there's agree. obviously lots of sadness around as well, but it's uh, it's a joyful opportunity, I think, and we've got to look at it and take it very, very seriously. I don't think it's something that happens by accident. Nature's too clever for that. I agree. No, I, I think agree. It's a wake-up call. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we the ways we respond to it obviously can be quite different, person to person. But I think that the the the, the different nuances of days. You know, one day to the next, not necessarily needing to be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Break, you know, breaking that routine breaks from the industrial mind and gets us yeah. into the a different cycle of activity, and that that is special. That's really something I think we've got to spend much more time studying and listening to. Yeah, well, I'd love for you to talk a bit about this, actually, Paul, because. Um, Obviously, you uh, one a phrase you've used in a lot in your work. I mean, you have a publishing house called it is naturally smart, um, and we were just having a bit of a giggle about this before we came online around this <laughs> idea of of yeah, how distracted we keep ourselves um, so that we don't allow the almost the depth of awareness. It's like I always notice when I'm I was just out in my garden this morning um, doing some recordings for some other work and. If you just take that one deep breath, I notice in order for me to come into communion with nature and and all the beings around me, I have to drop my human attention down a few levels, if uh, quite mm. a few some days, depending on where mm. where I am on that spectrum. So, and I know you do a lot of this work too around this sensory experience of moving through the world. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think there's a really simple word word that captures it. It's love. How do we understand love and and what love is in this invite in this natural space and yeah. how it loves us? It gives back in abundance and and yet very often we just completely fail to see that you know we exploit it to death and it, it tolerates it and tolerates it and then sadly in many cases it tips. Yeah. But but if you listen to it and love it enough, you can really get some extremely deep. Um, what's the word I don't even know what the word is to, to get it it's a, I, I can explain what it feels like um, because this week there's, there's a huge old oak tree about 300 metres away from us in the woods that fell down last well probably three or four years ago mm. in a big storm so it's, it's uprooted it's effectively Sort of feeding other trees around it, but it's dead as a tree. Um, which it's given up as being the oak tree that it once was. And so we looked at it and thought, oh, we'll harvest some of this because yeah. it's beautifully air dried wood. And I started, I took some the other day because I was building a window seat. And so I took a chunk of this tree, which weighs so much. I it's can imagine. You know, a piece of wood that's two meters long and about. I don't know, 50 centimetres deep and it's oak, it's dense and heavy. It took two of us to carry it. <laughs> and uh, we took it into the workshop and stripped it down. I've made it into a bench. Now, I'm getting to the point. Um, 
in the process of taking the layers off and getting mm. to the the, the um, vein of the word, you know, the grain of the word, you cannot help but want to touch it. Yeah, you know, it's absolutely a tactile thing. You could do it with your eyes closed almost. Yes. You know, you could just continually massaging this wood to a point where it just feels beautiful absolutely beautiful yeah. and uh, it, it takes time and you have to go with it you can't force it to go where you want it to go you've right. just got to take the take the flow of it and feel the sort of direction of the vein the, the grain and slowly this thing just opens up and undulates with you and then then it becomes a whole new thing that will last for probably centuries you know that we right. put into a window and it'll be part of that engagement with with this place you know but that's what i mean i don't know how you explain it as a single word but it's a capture of a sensory experience yeah, that, I love is, that. Um, that is almost timeless i guess you could imagine that happening any time throughout history right and um, and one would hope going forward that we learn, we learn, relearn all of that. Yes, and, remember. And, yeah, yeah, and just pick it up again and use it properly again. And, yeah. You know, and, and the nice thing is, you know, you plant more trees, you bring the baby oaks that are dotted around and find other places that they might want to grow. They get a, get a chance to grow in the forest because some of the, the some of it's so dense. I think they'll just to keel over in a couple of years <laughs> I know I remember the Scottish woodlands so well when I lived up there and and you know you were just saying you've been there a bit over a year now I mean I always find and you and I are both writers so I think we'll both recognize this uh when we don't have words for something that's a really fertile place to be <laughs> so you know it's it's almost like we're in yeah. unknown yeah. territory which means it's it's very real it's not conceptualized and yeah. i could just it was interesting yeah. listening to you you know i could just feel myself like my arm wanting to move in that undulation and stroke yeah. Yeah. that wood and and i guess the closest word i could come to is communion it's this idea of actually going beyond yeah. connection into a yeah. some form of, of relationship with that that being, because you know yeah. I'm very much in the animistic view of the world where everything has that yeah. consciousness, and it's yeah. a two way, probably more than that, multiple experience on a number of different senses of life. You know, it, it certainly works in multiple scales, so it's it's kind of fractal. You know, so yeah. from, we were just talking about the mushrooms, you know, the variety of mushroom here is extraordinary. And, you know, it's something I know nothing about but want to learn about. So you have that, that level, that happening in the forest. And then you have the magnificent trees. I mean, some of these trees are four or five hundred years old. You know, it's a wild forest and they're Thank huge. You. And you often don't see fully, fully mature oak trees and things like this. Very, you know, they're often very managed. Well, this isn't, you know, it's wild. And then you break out into the into the hillsides, and you have the undulation of the land again. Is another feel of that space. And over the yeah. year, you start to watch it because you know the, the permaculture teacher in me so he's constantly asking the question, "What is this place? You know, how do I engage with this properly?" And over a year, you start to get a bit of a sense of a pattern right. that, that, that gives you the language of the, of the landscape. And then little th other things that go on, like yesterday beautiful sun, sunny day again in glorious Scotland and um, we've got 
two um, eagles at the moment nesting not far away from us and I, one of them yesterday came over me as I was in the garden and there was a shadow that went right across me and it really took my breath away because I thought oh my god it's gonna it's going for me it was that <laughs> big you know it looked like an airplane had just come over and 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 it, I, just, I kind of ducked and then saw this thing up up going off in the distance yeah. and then coming round again she was just checking us out but yeah. again you know that that perspective that's from above as rather than us sort of landlocked you know that oh for sure and the fact that you know that 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 eye or that that part of nature's eye is on the place as well so there's the different dimensions of this in terms of time scales and light scales and space scales and it's just just so extraordinary and 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 the more i think we open to that and, and and listen to that the more we get from it the more we can start to really appreciate the, the connectivity of this and then the communion really start, starts yeah. to scream to us yeah yeah i agree i mean you're right fractal is a good word for that and um, i remember i was i was down in uh schumacher college once with david abram who's another gorgeous yeah. depth ecologist yeah. and um, we were out in the woods and um i remember him saying you know as you touch the tree the tree touches you back and it was just that sense of so can I take my awareness out of this human form and place it in the tree form and imagine what it would be like as a tree receiving my touch and touching me back? Um, and I often think that with the eagles as well. It's that sense of can I remove, you know, can my consciousness go up there with the eagles and actually look at myself down here on the ground with as much love and appreciation as I'm looking up at the eagle and you just start to get that multifaceted experience of life of life now of course the real trick here is to bring that into your morning commute to paddington station when all of that begins again if it does and and to kind of carry that ecosystem awareness with us into other environments right um which i think is the the challenge in many ways yeah and i think that we you know, as I said at the beginning, we have this opportunity to do some, to, to begin to reconceptualize this and rethink this and perhaps explore this as a, as a new form of consciousness. But I think we also need to, I suppose, acknowledge that this is in some ways a, I wouldn't say it's a, a power game, but it's, that there are dynamics at play which are in a sense keeping us out of this. Right, right. And the permission to move into this space is being restricted by the ways we humans do what we do. So we've created a, 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 a narratives of control and, and, and certainty and things which exist in nature but exist differently. Yeah. And by missing the missing the deeper understanding of what that might mean as pattern and the the kind of language of a place we 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 we're kind of denying ourselves the opportunity to live fully um but i think we have to learn how to do that i can't see I've heard a lot of people recently, I've chatted to quite a few people recently who said, oh, it's a great opportunity to move on to a new new level of ecological consciousness. Mm. Well, yes, but (laughs) how? Because the daily grind is there for lots and lots of people. Mm. And and if if there are no 
ways of guiding or helping people to see that we're not going to do it we're going to revert back to the things that are familiar and safe i suppose especially after periods of collective fear right it's manufactured um and i think that there's there's there is an opportunity but it's got to be explored practically as a sort of a it's a spiritual thing. It's a practical thing. It's a yeah. physical and emotional thing. And and, and and in each of those little ways of interpreting it, it gives us more depth of what it could be collect as a combined uh, encounter. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But that shift of consciousness, it's palpable. You can get to it. You can feel it. You can hear it in people. But. The, uh, and a, a desire for it is very clear yes. but at the same time there's also a yearning that, and, and it's a yearning but at the same time it's it's it's, it's a step that for lots of folks i think is really difficult to yeah. imagine yes. beyond where they are and that's that's an educational question i think i think that's yeah. how we tell ourselves the story of what we do now how we build the language around the, the world that then creates the world we want to be in Yes, I agree. I agree. And there is there is a new language emerging. It's very interesting. And it's not necessarily one that's being told with words. You know, I think that's that's the interesting thing for me is um, what's the language of behavior or I love the word you just used actually the language of longing. So people's longing for a different way of being and a different um, meta narrative to make sense of our transition now is palpable i mean i felt it myself as i started to hear about some of the lockdown lifting in the uk and there was a sense of oh but suddenly i don't have an excuse not to go anywhere anymore you know it was just that <laughs> as a consultant and someone who still does travel quite a lot or did i would say yeah. uh, there was a sense of almost mourning about that and going oh but yeah. but but i don't actually want to leave my garden and and this sense yeah. of of safety and so it is going to be very interesting from the behavioral story that now starts to show itself um where i think people have now had enough of a taste of what does this feel like actually to have a very different balance and i'm not going to paint the picture that it's all been rosy because i know for a lot of people that's not been the case so i don't wish to be overly uh, you know naive about it however mm. you know i think i heard the other day that even the big companies like google are starting to say well they're expecting their employees to work from home until at least 2021 and so you do wonder whether actually as a not just on an individual basis where we're all being given a different choice point now about how do we tell our story through our actions not just our words um i also wonder if collectively on an organizational level how that is starting to shift and whether businesses I know in some cases are starting to look at things like actually do we need all our staff uh you know actually harming their health by having two hour commutes in some cases in and out of buildings that are inherently unhealthy and actually oh my goodness has everybody got more work done more effectively over the lockdown because we've been working (laughs) remotely and they've been at home with their families i mean i'm oversimplifying massively but it's that sense of questioning you know (laughs) yeah oh i i maintained all the way along that the closure of schools is probably the most beneficial thing <laughs> young people could have had going right 
know, and I say that as a lifelong educator, you know. Exactly, exactly. For all the parents out there who are pulling your hair out, truly he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, and, and I know that. Even even down to you know if, if the kids are sitting playing Fortnite all day, so bloody well, you know it's a different way in which they're looking at how they are. Yeah, and, and it breaks the routine and the regulatory mindset right. that needs to prevail. And once that happens, and you, it's like a little sort of fractal, it's a disturbance in the in the in the force. <laughs> yeah. And, and those ripple effects can be quite profound, but unexpected and un, unpredictable. And right. what fascinates me at the moment is this all this discussion around, you know, our returning back to normal. You know, no, 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 you know, we we're not we fall forward into something else. Exactly, we always do, you know. But but the the prevailing narrative of certainty just completely misses that, mm. and actually it opens up some really interesting opportunities to explore the. What does that new normal look like? What does the what does if you added into that an ecological dimension? Right. You know, in its simplest form, perhaps it is just simply that you don't need to travel as much. For sure. You know, cut the carbon out a little bit more. Yeah. You know, and reduce the reduce the sort of mileage of yeah. life. And, yeah, I love and, that. And break break the expectation that in order to communicate fully we always have to be face to face because actually we don't quite clearly that's something we can learn to do differently i agree and actually, you know and then, and then the next the, perhaps the next evolutionary step is that we can um, what's that word where you the you, you like Spock does in Star Trek. You know, yeah. Mind Tele- well. Yeah, you know. I was going to say we can telepathically start That's connecting it. to Tele- each other. <laughs> exactly. To be telepathic. I'll tell you a really good example of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> every Monday, uh, we have a Zoom meeting with my lovely friends from China. Yeah. And um, we have, I mean, the whole idea of Zoom is, is in itself insane, I think. I, I mean, this, this thing we're doing is in some ways... Just, right now, I know. It's surreal. But, but, okay, so it's a picture of the scene. It's eight o'clock in the morning. I'm falling through drinking copious amounts of coffee so I can sit down in the Zoom meeting with a muted speaker. There's no speaking except for one person in the group who leads a meditation. Mm, yep. When we have a group meditation, we don't see each other because we don't put the video on. We don't yeah. have sound. All we know is with a little bit in the corner where it says who's attending the, the meeting, you can see people dropping in and out when the signal fails and things like right. that. Right. <laughs> and Lily, who lives in uh, Chengdu, runs the group meditation. Yeah. And we have half an hour, and at the end... The only thing you do is you click on and say goodbye, and that's it. Yeah. Now, during the meditations, as they've developed week by week, you get a stronger and stronger sense of them being directly with you. It's yeah. just really, really powerful. Um, now, yeah, the, the 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 Western brain in me says, "Ah, oh, that's just I don't know, wishful thinking," but the more esoteric connections with communities in other parts of the world right. that I've had over the years 
and say, no, no, that's perfectly normal. Yeah. And then you start looking at the land and you look at the landscape and that level of connection is then actually quite reachable because it's not that different. Right. You know, you go in the forest, you get sit quietly and suddenly you're there. Yes. You, you realize that these things are all with you in this same shared space, making sense of it and making sense of you and playing with time. Yeah. In, in, in yeah. quite tangible ways, but ways that are perhaps beyond our, often beyond our imaginative frameworks. And the more we get yeah. into it, the more you can see it. It's just really exciting. I, I'm the same. And you're absolutely right. You know, if you go into the quantum realm on these things, which mm. I know we both have, mm. this idea of molecular entanglement, to use a scientific narrative language yeah. uh, instead of an indigenous language, which, as you said, yeah. it these are our natural human capabilities. And instead of new normal, as you, as you know, I've been yeah. saying a new natural, because for me, this is about returning to a natural balance of things where mm. things like telepathy is just how we roll. I have an indigenous aunt who always says, well, mm. miracles are just what we do. That's what we're born to do. Right. <laughs> so as yeah. you said, it's a yeah. different imaginal framework, but one of the gifts of Zoom and technology is that framework yeah. has been given a credible technological name. <laughs> you know? That's right. It, it's almost as if Zoom sort of fulfilled some part of the ecological imperative. You know? Absolutely. It's tipped us into this by, completely by accident, but that's possibly the way it was meant to be anyway. Exactly. And, 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 yeah, the moment's there. It's, it's just... Uh, it's quite special, isn't it? It's quite interesting to sort of think well okay what what do we do now you know what do how do yeah. we fall into this next set of steps you mm -hmm. know? well and the narrative of uncertainty which you mm. you named earlier mm. um people have been forced to live in that place because even though we have certain organizations who are trying to make us believe there's a certainty in this, nobody believes them anymore, which is actually what another huge healthy nexus because it's actually making people sit in the mystery, as I call it, and actually yeah, just yeah. realize that despite all of the noise in the system um, going on around you, when you sit in the mystery, everything largely is okay and more than okay yeah. actually because this space opens up for the magical to happen um, and again without devaluing some of the difficult and very tough experiences that a lot of people are having through this um, equally the indigenous side of my teaching would say well we're also at the same time in a collective dark night of the soul and how do we emerge from that process uh, individually and collectively too I think that's absolutely right. It's it's a moment where we can. It's not to say that things aren't to a great extent predestined because I think they are, but I think we can choose now. Yeah. Some interesting new steps and and, and choose to listen, is one of them. Right. And choose to choose to connect differently is another one, and and choose to love. I mean, I come back to love all the time because it's so manipulated in, in in the modern vernacular but actually where when when you really sort of explore the, the 
the universality of it. Right. It's, it's extraordinary and, and, and transcends everything. Yeah. You know, if there's one thing you carry from the recent few months, that's the deep level of humanity that's prevailed, mm-hmm. which is love. It's a connection that is not the one that's been pushed through the papers and the television and all that stuff. It's, it's the, the joy to connect like this and re- yeah. reconnect. And it's the joy to see your family again. And, yep. you know, I'm looking forward to just turning up at Arlo, my grandchild, who I've yeah. barely seen, and just giving him a cuddle and saying hello. And those things have maintained throughout this and will be the points at which we can understand ourselves better in the environments we're now in that, that are in themselves different to them when it started, you know. Yeah. Because, you know, I look at this place and look at it now. What, how many weeks have we been locked up here? I don't know, locked down or whatever it's called. <laughs> ten weeks, is it? Something it's like almost that? ten weeks. I know we were voluntarily in, in quarantine, yeah. so it's about ten weeks, yeah. yeah. I mean, I was wondering the other day, you know, how does the land respond to the fact that there's no planes flying over it? Right. What does that do with the birds, you know, and, how do they see their airspace you know what do they think about this yeah yeah. it's a different way of seeing this the thing around definitely yeah i i I don't know where it goes i don't know what what the answer to that would be but and perhaps never will yeah i think think we'll look back at this moment though it's it's a really interesting point of departure perhaps yeah i love that i love that and yes love being the foundation for everything but in such a different way than we might have at one point believed um yeah no. as the new governance as the new governing fact oh i love that love is the new governance the only governing fact that matters yeah. yeah oh my goodness well do you know what i hope you've all had a, a short taste of the deliciousness of my friend paul clark through this dialogue <laughs> and i would say um again as i always feel in these conversations there's so many different directions we can and will go i'm sure over the years yeah. to come as this global adventure unfolds even more um, but i would encourage you all to check out Paul's many books, but certainly the most recent one, Breathe, uh, Your Seasonal Reflections, which I think for me is just one of the deepest expressions of true listening and true love that I have certainly come across in the last few years. And you've inspired me to circle back to my project. I've been writing many books during lockdown, actually, Mm -hmm. surprisingly, but the project of restoring love, I think you've, uh, yeah, you've given me a new point of departure today to really just be with that and go, ooh, perhaps the time has come for that to be written, not just in book form, but in life form. No. So thank you so much, Paul. My goodness, thank you for reconnecting and spending some time with me today. I'm just, yeah, I'm so much enriched from it and um, I hope everybody who's listening is too. (laughs) Thanks, Jen. It was lovely, really lovely to have a chat with you. Oh, always. Such a long time till the next (laughs) time. Exactly.